Good evening, ladies. This final message titled Seeing Christ Through Encouragement is our last message in our series, The Reality of God, Seeing Christ in Our Everyday Lives. And it's been phase in my desire that our messages have encouraged your heart this year, drawing you closer to the Lord. We live on the range, the Iron Range, of Minnesota, and I have a home on the range where seldom is heard a discouraging word and the clouds are not cloudy all day. Well, certainly that is not said of one who lives on the Iron Range because common is heard a discouraging word. When we think about a major mine shutdown, gas prices, inflation, the economy, and as people discuss the weather, the skies are cloudy most of the day. <laughs> so how in the world can we find encouragement under those conditions? That's why discouragement is, excuse me for the play on words, pandemic these days. And most people, as you talk to them, are discouraged in the middle of something very difficult that they're going through. So tonight I'm going to share with you that that's exactly where encouragement can be found, in the middle of something very difficult you may be going through. For no one is exempt from difficult things, whether it's occasions with our finances or our family, our career, our children, our health, you name it. But by the grace of God, I pray that you will leave tonight with encouragement in your heart in the Lord. Because nothing offers us such sustained help and comfort as a foundation that is based on Jesus Christ. So it doesn't really matter where you live, on the Iron Range, in Duluth, in Minneapolis, in Milwaukee, whatever situation you are experienced you can be encouraged in the Lord. And the core answer to encouragement is God's word. And so tonight we are privileged to open God's word to 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 through 7. And in the New Testament, the theme of encouragement is everywhere, especially in the Apostle Paul's writings. And as I read verses 3 through 7, I want you to notice how often the word comfort and consolation is used. In fact, I counted them for you. Ten times you will find those words in only five verses. Also, I want you to notice how often you see the word all mentioned in this portion of Scripture. So what the Apostle Paul will be telling us is that the comfort of God is most keenly found and seen not in the best things in life, but quite often in the areas of difficulties. So I'm reading 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 through 7. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also abounds through Christ. Now if we are afflicted, 
It is for your consolation and salvation, which is effective for enduring the same sufferings which we also suffer. Or if we are comforted, it is for your consolation and salvation. And our hope for you is steadfast, because we know that as you are partakers of the sufferings, so also you will partake of the consolation. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your word and the comfort that your word gives us. I'm so grateful, Father, that you are our Father. We're so thankful for the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior and our friend and for the Holy Spirit, Father, who empowers us to live the Christian life. Father, we have it all. I pray that as I give forth your word tonight and in this message, it would encourage the women's hearts to look up to our lovely Lord Jesus Christ, in whose name I pray. Amen. Well, the Webster's New Collegiate Dictionary defines encourage as to inspire with, and I want you to notice the beginning here, to inspire with renewed courage, renewed spirit, renewed hope. Do any two elements of life go together more naturally than hope and encouragement? We have a God of hope. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And we believers not only have a God of hope, but we also have joy and peace and power. The Holy Spirit shares these blessings with us. And we not only have a God of hope, but did you notice in the verses that I read, we also have a Father of mercies, and a God of all comfort. In that portion that I just read to you, the Apostle Paul gives us three titles of our God. And he's referred to as the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it is because of Jesus Christ we can call God our Father. Secondly, God the Father is referred to as the Father of compassion or the Father of mercies. And he's also referred to as the God of all comfort. What a lovely title for our great God. We can be encouraged by the God of all comfort. I couldn't help but think about Psalm 103, 13 and 14 when I read this portion in Corinthians. And it goes like this. As the Father shows compassion to his children... So the Lord shows compassion on those who fear him. Now look at this next part of the scripture. For he knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. The Lord knows us inside and outside. The Lord knows us even better than we know ourselves. God the Father knows our emotions. He knows our fears. He knows our defeats. He knows our victories. He knows our hurts. He knows our pain. He knows our struggles. He knows our anxieties. He knows that we are frail, physically and emotionally. And because he knows us so well, he is the one who knows how to comfort us. Truly, he is the God of all comfort. You know, the Lord Jesus Christ had a great deal to say about his encouragement and comfort in his upper room message. And he had guided and taught the disciples for three years, but now he was going to leave them, and they were afraid. 
So he gives them words of comfort, and he says to them in John 14, 15, excuse me, 16 through 17, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another comforter, helper in the New King James Version, that he may abide with you forever, even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and shall be in you. Did you notice that phrase? I will pray the Father, and he will give you another comforter. So we see the Lord Jesus Christ is a comforter, and another comforter is referring to the Holy Spirit. In fact, encourager is one of the Holy Spirit's names. The Greek term for comforter, parakletos, means to come alongside to help. And in the English, the word comfort means with strength. So you put the Greek and the English together, and it tells us that true comfort or encouragement comes from the Lord to strengthen us to face life and to not lose heart. Did you also notice that the Lord Jesus said that he was going to pray the Father? He's going to give you another comforter. The Holy Spirit is a gift from the Father in answer to the prayer of his Son. And the Holy Spirit is none other than the presence and the power of the risen Christ in you. And the Lord Jesus said, and he will abide with you forever. And then there were other comforting words that the Lord Jesus Christ shared with his disciples as he shares with us. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. That's John 14, 18. You see that word orphans and it's just like, it's a, it's a harsh word, isn't it? Um, Jesus compared himself to an earthly father who would die and leave helpless children and orphans. He said, I'm not leaving you that way. Well, no doubt the disciples already sensed the tragedy that would come, and they were concerned about that. They were concerned they were going to scatter and they would be left alone. And the Lord Jesus assures them in his comfort, in words, I will never leave you alone. Uh, The Lord Jesus is speaking certainly here of his resurrection and his promise to return to the disciples because he said, because I live, you will live also. But he's also referring here to the Holy Spirit and the foundation of a new life in Christ. You are in me, and I am in you. And what is so lovely as a believer in Jesus Christ is we have these same promises. The Holy Spirit is the comforter or the helper to counsel, and we have the spirit of truth to guide believers. So Jesus Christ is saying to us, you are never alone. I will never leave you comfortless. I will never leave you helpless. I will never abandon you. Wherever you go, I will go with you. So as we see in these portions of Scripture, God the Father encourages us, God the Son encourages us, and God the Holy Spirit encourages us. We have it all. Well, someone might say, well, Carol, I'm lying in this hospital bed, and I hurt. If God really cared about me, this never would have happened. Well, let's take our gaze off of our circumstances and off of our situations, and let's turn our gaze onto Jesus Christ, because in the next amount of time that I have with you, I want you to watch and see how Jesus Christ encourages you. There are so many ways, but I must begin with the most important one of all, is the encouragement that we have through our salvation in Christ. 
Uh, one of the best ways for us to ease our troubled hearts is to bathe in the love of God for us. Romans 5.8 declares, God demonstrates his own love toward us and that while we are still sinners, Christ died for us. So God does not only demonstrate his love, he defines his love as well. God judges sin and provides a savior whom he displays his love for us. And in God's unfolding plan of salvation, we have a savior for us sinners. And in our sin, we stand under the judgment of a holy God who is compelled by his holiness to condemn us for the wages of sin is death. But here's the great news. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Jesus Christ stands in the gap as a substitute for us sinners because of his sacrifice on the cross. And Christ knew that the only way for us to have eternal life, for us to be saved, was that he would have to die for us. That he would become sin for us, though he knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. And on the greatest day of all eternity, Jesus Christ died for our sins. And all that is asked of us is to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and we will be saved. We will become a child of God eternally. And at that moment, the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, abides in us. And the Holy Spirit is a seal or the down payment of our eternal inheritance And only Jesus Christ's blood applied to our lives can save us. His blood alone removes sin. And I'm so thankful that three days later, Jesus Christ arose from the grave to offer us eternal life. So, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of ourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. And I'm so thankful for my salvation in Christ because I spent some years working for that salvation. And I could never work hard enough. I was never good enough to earn God's favor. And when I came to the cross and realized that Jesus Christ had me personally in mind when he went to the cross, and all I needed to do was to believe in that finished work, the sacrifice on my behalf, I became a child of God in the springtime of my life. My life was changed forever. And what's so lovely about our salvation in Jesus Christ, it's not just simply a guarantee of heaven. It's also a source of tremendous blessing to us here and now. We tend to forget that sometimes, don't we? Because that abundant life is also what Jesus Christ died for, to give us that abundant life, that joyful life in Christ. Certainly, God proved his love for you and for me at Calvary. And thus, the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit, which is given to us. Romans 5, 5, I really really appreciate this verse. For God sees us in his son and he loves us as he loves his own son. The one who knows us the best loves us the most even on our bad days. So Romans 8.31, Paul raises a very good question. What more shall we say? What more shall I say? I could be done with my message right here. We could just settle on the fact that I can be encouraged today because of my salvation in Jesus Christ. And Paul continues, what more shall we say? If God be for us, who or what can be against us? God the Father is for us 
and proved it by giving us his son. Remind yourself of that every day. God is for me. Some might say, well, Carol, that's just not the way I see it in my life. It seems like all things are against me. Well, let's look at the next verse. It's Romans 8.32. He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with us, with him, also freely give us all things? That's Romans 8.32. Whatever the Father did for Jesus Christ when he was ministering on earth, he is able to do for you and for me every single day. What a promise, because we all do have bad days. But if we can bring this verse to mind, we can consciously stop and remind ourselves that even though things appear like they're going against us, God is working them for our spiritual good. So we can have very great comfort and encouragement just by this verse alone. And did you notice again the word all in this verse? He who did not spare his own son but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not freely give us how many things, ladies? All things. Several years ago at a ladies' retreat, I gave a message on the word all in Scripture. There are 5,000 alls in Scripture. That's a lot, isn't it? It's a very small, big word. And when you see the word all, I want you to stop and pause and read it again. Because quite often, the word all is an adjective attached to a noun which is declaring a promise God is giving you. And what he's showing you by that word all is, I've held nothing back from you. I have given you all spiritual blessings in every place in Christ. And I can thank God that I can do how many things through Christ who strengthens me? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Just think if when we were yet sinners, God gave us his best. Now that we are his children, will he not freely give us all that we need day by day? God is dealing with us on the basis of Calvary grace. Oh, we didn't earn our salvation. We didn't work for our salvation. It was by God's loving kindness toward us that we are offered Christ as a gift. And one of these all things that God gives us every single day is encouragement. What kind of God do we have again? We have the God of how much comfort? The God of all comfort. Please do not miss, dismiss those words. And that's why we who know Christ as our Savior should interpret life differently from anybody else. Believers are the only people in the world who can be truly encouraged and hopeful even when things are very hard. And that's the lesson that Scripture teaches us. And so in turn, we are to walk by faith and not by sight. Every one of his children can walk by faith. We were saved by faith in Jesus Christ, and we're also declared to walk by faith. For faith is believing it will happen just as God told us. That's a very simple definition of faith. Dear friend, God is getting ready to come into your circumstances. Make a way for him by faith. It's not whether or not you're going to have troubles in life. Oh, yes, we do. It's how you choose to handle those troubles through Jesus Christ. And there are many who have been traumatized by many things in life, many hard things, many difficult days, many heartaches. And the Lord is saying, it's time for you to be encouraged. Will you allow me 
to encourage your heart? So the first way we are encouraged is in our salvation in Jesus Christ. But the second way that Jesus Christ encourages us is through his word and through Bible study. For all the promises of God in him are yes, and in him, amen, to the glory of God through us. That's 2 Corinthians 1.20. I'm a great believer that God has provided us a book, the Bible. And this book has provided everything we need for living our life, for everything we need for faith and godliness, to understand life. And this book, the Bible, is laid out logically so you can read it from cover to cover, just like you would any other book. And God has many promises in his word. In fact, there are some 7,000 promises in the word of God. We have a treasure chest of promises. And as you look at this verse from 2 Corinthians 1.20, it says this, And all the promises of God are yes, not no. And we say amen to the glory of God as we claim his promises. And Jesus Christ says yes to the promises. For all promises are centered in Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the living word, and then we in turn say, Amen. So be it. Ladies, the Christian life is positive, not negative. And what you choose to focus on determines whether or not you're going to live your life optimistically or pessimistically. And it's a matter of us saying no to our wayward emotions and yes to the promises of God to turn our feelings, our emotions, Godward rather than inward. And this takes purposeful thinking guided by Scripture as we peel back our negative emotions back to the promises of God where they belong and where they should be anchored. Because when you are in God's word, God's word begins to get in you. Dear believer, there's tremendous potential in your life, but that potential won't be realized until you claim the promises of God. That's that walk by faith. You're trusting the Lord, for God sees a great deal in you because you are in Christ So you can awaken in the morning and you can say, Father, I feel like crying. I don't want to get out of bed. I can't face my day. I don't even have the strength to make it to lunchtime. But I'm going to choose to trust you. And I'm going to do the next thing empowered by your spirit. I'm going to read my Bible. Even though my emotions don't feel like it. I'm going to choose to get dressed, be gracious to others, even though they irritate me. I'm going to be soft-spoken to my children, even though they are driving me crazy. But too often, we don't want the Holy Spirit to change our thoughts, for we have become, if you will, loyal to our own way of negative thinking, even if it breeds discouragement. So when we focus our attention on ourselves, and we take the Bible, the Word of God, the sword of the Spirit, and we set it aside or we lay it down, we are going to be discouraged. And we're going to succumb to a loss of heart 
because we can become so rattled by the pressures of life. But the Bible tells us that discouragement is never an ongoing option for a believer. May we not lose heart, the Apostle Paul says over and over again, especially in Corinthians. We may feel discouragement, but we must not stay there very long, is what Scripture tells us. And I was reminded of this on Saturday. You know how some days you wake up with a plan? Maybe most of your days you think, I got a plan for the day. Well, I had a plan on Saturday. I was going to um, get my cup of coffee and go up to my, my uh, Bible room, and I was going to have my Bible study and prepare and get ready for the message, this message, and that was my plan. So on my way down to uh, make my coffee, I decided to throw a load of delicates into the washing machine. Come up and look out in the front porch. What is the mail doing here already? It's here at 9 o'clock in the morning and usually comes in the afternoon. So I go out to get the mail and open up the mail, and there you go. There was a piece of mail that was extremely discouraging. Wow, you know, where did this come from? So then I, in turn, uh, realize that the washing machine is finished, so I go down to the dryer. And I had put my clothes in the dryer for a few minutes, and as I'm leaving the drying um, I notice, and it, I hear this odd sound. It sounded like there was a boulder in the dryer. And I turn around, and my clothes, my delicates, <laughs> are in one big ball, like a boulder, pounding around in the dryer. I open up the dryer, and I could pound my delicates just like this. It was that hard. And I call Barry down, and he comes down the basement, and I said, Barry, I've never seen anything like this. And he looks at this boulder of delicates, and he goes, I've never seen anything like this either. Well, lo and behold, the delicates that got caught in the lint filter and rolled them up into one ball. And so, very painfully, I am very carefully, though, taking apart this ball of delicates and realizing that some of them didn't make it successfully. Whoa! And all I wanted to do was get up and read that Bible. <laughs> so now, I go upstairs, and I get my cup of coffee, and I go up into my room, and why in the world are the dogs in the neighborhood? They all came out and they're barking the front, the back, the side, all around me. The dogs are barking. And so I go to this neighbor across the street and she's out and I said, would, uh, ma'am, uh, would you please uh, have your dog stop barking? Because she had a couple of them out there. She completely ignores me and walks away. <laughs> Whoa. So I go back up into my office and there all the four-wheelers in the neighborhood converge on my block and they're revving up. I thought, Father, I just cannot believe this day. Because I realized something, that discouragement has been expressed as one of Satan's most effective tools against the believer, and that is true. Discourage in the Webster's Dictionary means to deprive of courage and hope, or to dishearten. The Lord Jesus said in John 10.10, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. What is he coming to steal, kill, and destroy? And we're talking about Satan here. It's your joy. It's your joy of life. Because all discouragement is from the devil. There is nothing so effective in paralyzing a believer as discouragement. And we all battle that. Discouragement can creep up so easily upon us, and it's a barrier to our faith. 
Yes, all discouragement is from the devil, but the Lord Jesus counted it and he said this, but I have come that they may have life and they may have it more abundantly. Remember what I said, that our salvation is not for just our eternal life in Christ, it's also for the here and now. And the Lord Jesus said, I've come so that you can have a joyful, happy, abundant, meaning full life, even in the midst of things that are falling apart around you. When you are discouraged, dear ladies, the best friend you have, apart from your relationship with Jesus Christ, is his word. And that is why it is so vital for my spiritual and mental well-being to spend time daily in God's word and in prayer. You know, I have a nightly routine. I connect my iPhone and watch to its power source to power up for the next day. And and it's a habit. I, I don't neglect it. Tomorrow my life depends on it, or so it seems. But the things that mean the most to us are the things we do daily. But I need to download God's truth daily into my mind. Spiritually, I need to plug in as well, or I have no power. And it's if the Lord Jesus Christ is saying to me, Carol, I am your power source for today. For not that I, Carol, insufficient of myself to think anything as being from myself, but my sufficiency is from God, 2 Corinthians 3, 5. The Lord Jesus Christ said to the Apostle Paul, and the same statement is to us, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in your weakness. In essence, what Paul is saying here, excuse me, what the Lord Jesus is saying here is, I Carol should exchange my weakness for Christ's strength. I'm one who likes to study words, and as I look at this verse, I look at that little verb is, pop up out of that verse. And what this is saying is my grace, Christ's grace is, not will be, not maybe, sufficient for me today. I also see that word my grace and my power, and they stand out. This verse should be written on our hearts as well. And if we live in the reality of this truth, we can go with strength, Christ's strength, day by day. He giveth more grace when the burdens grow greater. He sendeth more strength when the labors increase. To added affliction, he addeth his mercies. To multiply trials, his multiplied peace. So I'm going to encourage you ladies to have daily devotions. Have a daily appointment with God. You pick the time of day, whatever works best for you. Get a cup of coffee or a cup of tea and read the word of God and let the word of God speak to you and talk to the Lord in prayer. That fellowship is so wonderful. In fact, ladies, it's my favorite time of the day. Currently right now, I'm in the book of Isaiah and right now, I'm in Isaiah 40, that great chapter. I'm reading the book chapter by chapter, and right now I landed on chapter 40. And even though Isaiah 40 is not written to us, it is certainly for us. In Romans 15, 4, Paul says, For whatever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience, and what's the next word, ladies? Comfort of the scriptures might have hope. I love the book of Isaiah because he takes the greatness of God and brings it down to where we live. We especially see this in chapter 40. Uh, You know that verse in verse 31. 
but those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Do you remember the definition of encourage that I gave in the opener? Encourage means to inspire or to renew with strength, to having a renewed spirit. This verse reminds me of that definition. So strength means clinging to the truth of God's promises and also realizing that when I am weak, he is strong. And I've been saved long enough to, to observe this, um, that most of God's work has been done by people who don't feel well or have physical limitations or financial limitations or fi- limitations of one sort or another. How is that possible? Well, I look at this verse and I see that because when we faint, God doesn't. When we are weary, he's not. And that's how the greatness and the grace of God intersects with us every single day. How powerful God is and how personal he is. And that's why this is so encouraging for me to step back and realize the greatness of my God. So how do you encourage yourself in the Lord? The word, the word, the word. I cannot emphasize that enough. The Bible is a book of encouragement. Even when the word of God convicts you, even when the word of God cuts your heart, it's still God's encouragement toward you, his love for you. It's part of your relationship with him. He is the God of all encouragement, and this book was written for our encouragement. God's blessed word. The German 19th century missionary George Mueller spoke for many of us when he said, Many times when I could have gone insane from worry, I was at peace because my soul believed the truth of God's promises. God's word, together with the whole character of God, as he has revealed himself, settles all questions. So, the Lord Jesus Christ encourages us through our salvation in him. We are encouraged by the Lord Jesus Christ through his word. And third, we also are encouraged through his still, small voice. Psalm 46.10 says, Be still and know that I am God. Sometimes that's hard for us to do in our busy life, isn't it? Just to be still. But our soul can be at still, at peace with God, no matter how busy we may be. And it's in that stillness with God that he reveals some truth to us that we need. Sometimes it's through reading his word. Um, Other times it's in prayer. Uh, Sometimes it's on a walk. Sometimes it's sitting in a bench in a park or even driving in our car. And you'll never forget those moments when God spoke to you. Each of us have our own set of circumstances that we're going through, but wherever we are facing, may we have our hearts sensitive to God's still, small voice. If you recall that I shared this with you on my very first lesson two years ago when uh, Faye and I began having these women Bible studies. And when I was asked to give a women's Bible studies at Duluth Bible Church and then had Heritage, uh, I went before the Lord in prayer. uh, And I said, Father... These will be your messages, not mine. And I pray, Father, that you would show me what it is that you would want me to share with the women 
What topics do you want me to cover? What verses do you want me to go over? You know the women's hearts. What, what would you have me to share with them? And God's still small voice said to me, ask Faye Racky to join you. Really, Father? Ask Faye Racky to join you. I knew that was from the Lord. Couldn't wait to tell Faye the next day. Guess what? <laughs> the Lord asked me to ask you to join me in my Bible studies. You think about God's still small voice when it came to the prophet Elijah. The prophet Elijah was hiding in a cave. He was in that cave because he was fearful. He was afraid of a woman. <laughs> he was afraid of Jezebel. He heard that she was out to get him, and he was scared, and he was hiding in that cave, and the God comes to him in a still, small voice, and he says this to Elijah. Elijah, what are you doing here? Have you ever had God speak that to you? Have you ever had that question? What are you doing here? What are you doing in this relationship? Or what are you doing in this situation? Or what are you doing in this location? Or what are you doing in this job? And when God speaks that to you, you think, Father, am I out of your will? And that's how God speaks to us in his still, small voice. And those are precious moments to us, very precious. Although we do not, of course, hear God audibly, but there's no mistaking his voice when he speaks to us in that still, small voice. It changes the direction of your life. And I'm so very thankful that he cares enough to speak to me in that way. The Lord Jesus Christ is with you, ladies. Whether it's in your home or your apartment or your room, we forget about that sometimes because Jesus Christ isn't visible to us, but he's there by his presence and he's there in his power. And whom having not seen, we love. Though we rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory. So you recognize his voice. He's with you by his presence through the power of the Holy Spirit. So when you go to sleep at night, you can say, Father, I know you're with me. And I know you neither slumber nor sleep. So I'm going to rest well, knowing you are always with me. Well, if that's not enough encouragement, I have more to share with you. Jesus Christ also encourages us through sermons. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, which is Romans 10:17. There are certain times when a message will speak just to us. Have you ever had those moments when you're sitting in church and the pastor is speaking? And giving the message, and you think, wow, I think that was written for me. I think that message is heaven sent. Um, all sermons do us good when they're biblical, like the ones that we have in this church. But there are certain moments when we have a spiritual need or a sin or a decision to make, and we come to church, and something the pastor says is as though it were written for us. That's not by accident, ladies. We have been listening to many sermons throughout the years, but it always is so refreshing to know God designs his messages also for us. And it comes at the very time when we had questions about something or we were struggling with something in our lives, and we sit up and we listen to the word of God being taught by our pastor. It's that message I needed for today. Thank you, Father, 
And when that happens, you are encouraged, so encouraged in the Lord. And you remember that message for a very long time. So allow the word of God to encourage you as you listen to the word of God taught. And as the word of God is preached in the power of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit takes that word and applies it to our hearts, and we are encouraged. The Lord Jesus also encourages us through songs. Colossians 3.16 says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Ladies, praise is an important factor in achieving victory over discouragement and depression. Songs help us praise God. And the beautiful hymns of faith and spiritual songs can also lift our spirit during times of sadness. Over the years, God has used music in my life. I'm so thankful for that again and again to minister to my heart to encourage me. When I was in the fourth grade, I was taking piano lessons. And one time I went to visit my grandma, and she had a piano and she had a hymnal. And I opened up the hymnal and I started playing a hymn. And it was, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. It was an easy hymn to play. And I kept coming back and always playing that hymn. And lo and behold, what I not know that the Lord would use that hymn in my life. You've heard me tell the story of when I was living for two and a half years alone in International Falls in a motel room. Every week I'd have to drive up there, and and it was a very difficult experience for me. And one time I was feeling um, down, and I put on my uh, phone, and I turned it to music, and up came, what a friend we have in Jesus. And I thought, Father, thank you so much that you encourage my heart, you uplift me through songs and music. It's just such a blessed gift that the God has given me through Christ-honoring songs. They give us a way of encouraging ourselves in the Lord. And you'll never know when a song comes back to you as it did with me. And the Holy Spirit uses it to minister to your heart. So when you sing a song or you hear it, pay close attention to the words of the song, like some of these. Jesus, I am resting, resting in the joy of what thou art. I am finding out the greatness of thy loving heart. In Christ alone, my hope is found. He is my light, my strength, my song, my comforter, my all in all. Here in the love of Christ, I stand. And here, of course, was one of my favorites. What a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear. We should never be discouraged. Take it to the Lord in prayer. So I trust not only the word of God will encourage your heart, but also songs about the Lord will encourage your heart. We're so fortunate that we have such a wide variety of good songs to sing in this church. Well, the Lord encourages us through our salvation of Christ. He encourages us through a scripture, through his still small voice. He encourages us through sermons, through songs. And you think, well, that's an that's so much, Carol. I have more. <laughs> I have more ways to show you. 
that Jesus Christ encourages you. Are you ready for this one? Jesus Christ encourages us through the storms of life. You might say, wow, really? Through the storms of life? Through the trials and tribulations that we have in our lives? Psalm 46, 1 says, God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in time of trouble. Sometimes God puts us in impossible places. Places that we wish we did not have to face and situations we never dreamed that we would be in. And we are then in a storm. Think of the disciples who were in a storm. After the feeding of 5,000, Jesus sent them to cross over to the other side of the Sea of Galilee while he went up to the mountain to pray. And a violent storm came upon that sea. It came out of nowhere. And it had an impossible headwind and angry seas and large waves. And the waves were continuously filling the boat so that the boat was covered with waves. And the disciples were rowing and straining and struggling for about eight hours. They were drenched and terrified. They were in a situation that seemed impossible for them to solve. They were beyond their strength. They were beyond their ability. So between 3 and 6 in the morning, the Lord Jesus came to them, walking across the sea to show them that the very thing they feared, he would overcome. Because the Lord Jesus Christ is the overcomer. And he spoke to the disciples, and they recognized his voice. Just like I just talked to you about moments ago, about we recognize his still, small voice. They recognized his voice. And he said to them, be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. The Lord Jesus is taking one of the names of God here, and he's saying, the I am is with you. Now, the Lord Jesus knew exactly what he was doing when he sent those disciples into that storm. It was God's will for them to be in that storm. Why? Because they learned more about the Lord Jesus Christ, his power, his strength, his might, and their faith than they ever learned walking with him along the paths of Galilee. Lessons they never forgot. In fact, it was 28 years later that the Apostle Peter wrote in his letter of encouragement, which is 1 Peter, he says that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. There's a reason sometimes why we go through storms. That the trial of our faith is much more precious than gold that perishes. So sometimes the Lord Jesus sends us into storms as well. But you can live with hope and courage in the middle of what once might have been very discouraging for you and very fearful. Because remind yourself of this. The I am inhabits all circumstances and all locations by his grace. The I am is with you. So God encourages us in all our tribulations by teaching us from his word that we can overcome through Jesus Christ, because we are in the overcomer. We are in Christ. So we have already overcome all things because he's done that for us. 
I have a very good example of this to share with you, a very personal one. Uh, My dear brother Paul has been in a storm this past year. I spoke to him on the phone recently about his medical condition, an aggressive skin cancer that required extensive surgery on his ears and um, near both eyes and into his cheekbone. It's a long road to recovery for him. My brother Paul accepted Christ as his Savior 25 years ago. He has a love for his Savior, Jesus Christ, and a love for God's Word. Every year he reads God's Word cover to cover. So I thought his story would encourage you. Um, Though we talked for over an hour on the phone, I paraphrased uh, some of our conversation. I kept taking notes as he was visiting with me. So these words that I share with you are his words. God is aware of my story. When I am at my weakest, Satan is there to trip me up. But when I have my weakest moment, God pulls me through it all. It strengthens my faith. I have no power regarding the outcome. The word of God is my sword, one of the primary parts of my life. God will use this trial to show me that Christ is stronger than I ever realized. The Lord gives me overcoming power. God has made me patient and humble. The true purpose of my life is seeing Christ in everything. We have nothing to be discouraged about, only encouraged in the Lord. I won't allow adversity to bring me down. I have a choice. God is always watching over me. I focus my prayers now on the bigger picture, my true purpose in Christ, to do his will by his grace. This is part of my story. I am looking forward to the next chapter. I'm only here to sow seed. I have never been more grateful. End of quote. You'll begin to know if your faith is real, if you can say that about your story. I have never been more grateful. In fact, we see in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, in everything give thanks For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So sometimes you want to know, what is God's will for my life? There it is, right there, isn't it? To be thankful, to be grateful. It's not saying that we are to feel grateful because that's impossible when we're in a hard place. But in everything, be grateful. God doesn't give us commandments without providing the grace we need to fulfill them. So start small in being thankful. Uh, Start giving thanks for the things which you can give thanks, like your home or your family or your husband, your friends. You have a job. You have retirement. You have a church family. You have the Lord. You have his word. Voice them out loud. Sometimes that really helps to say them audibly. And then after you've given thanks, you may even find yourself thinking after a period of time, wow, where did that come from? (laughs) I am typically not a thankful person or gracious or forgiving. What's this change all about? It begins with thankfulness, thankfulness to the Lord. So you can look at your storm as that very bad, horrible day or experience 
like, for instance, divorce or rejection or financial problems and injury, cancer, disease, or you can look at it as that very thing that drove you into the arms of your Savior. I have one more area to share with you that the Lord Jesus encourages us in. The Lord encourages us through the saints. The comfort of God is also channeled through his people. The comfort we receive from God allows us to comfort others, just as what my brother Paul did with me when I talked to him on the phone and I heard what he was saying. What an comfort and encouragement that was for me to press on, to press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. His words edified Jesus Christ. It lifted me up. And that's the beauty of what God has given us and allowed us to do in Christ is that we can encourage one another. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also abounds through Christ, 2 Corinthians 1.5. You know, encouragement is an urgent need of our day in the local church. So how has encouragement shaped your life story? Who has encouraged you in the Lord? How did he or she do it? Thank the Lord for that person or those people in your life who've been in your story throughout the years and who've encouraged you in the Lord. I have so many. One of the ways we can encourage one another is through our prayers. Prayer is essential in the lives, in our faith families' lives as well. And God has chosen prayer as a means where we can encourage one another and interact with the Lord. Our prayers affect the way God acts in our lives, the world at large, our brothers and sisters in Christ, our family. And that's what we see across the Bible. You just look at the stories of the church in the book of Acts. And every movement in that book of God came in response to the prayers of the saints. God wills to work through willing intercessors. We have the privilege, dear ladies, to come before the throne of grace for what Jesus Christ did for us on the cross. We can approach the throne of grace at any time. And I appreciate even the name of the throne. It's the throne of grace. A grace of loving kindness. Let us not forsake prayer in our lives. Let's not settle for prayerlessness. You and I have the privilege who know God and to see God in his ever-unfolding plan to bring our dear brothers and sisters in Christ to the Lord in prayer. And I'm so thankful that our Pastor Gus sends out prayer lists uh, weekly. Now it's sometimes more weekly. It's almost bi-weekly. And and when I see the prayer lists, I just um, hang my head with tears in my eyes because there are so many hurting people. And life is full of ups and downs, mountains and valleys in our lives. And sometimes the valleys are deep and they're dark and they're difficult. And we can pray for those dear loved ones, our brothers and sisters in Christ, who are going through those valleys. So prayer is encouragement, ladies. And when someone says to me, Carol, I am praying for you, that gives me great courage and great hope in the Lord. We can also encourage one another through a visit. I've had dear friends this past year who've stopped by to visit with me, especially when 
Um, Barry was so sick in the hospital. And friends came by and they shared a verse with me. And sometimes they didn't have a lot to say. It was just their presence with me that gave me such comfort. Sometimes it's a greeting at church. Don't dismiss that. Uh, when someone comes up to you at church and says, Hi, it's great to see you. It just encourages you in the Lord. So look for people in our group that we can go and talk to and encourage and just give a greeting. Sometimes it's a text message. I have a friend in Wisconsin. I probably see her once a year. But we text regularly and encourage each other in the Lord. Sometimes it's a phone call. Sometimes a text message just won't do. And it's important for us to make that phone call and make that connection. And sometimes it's a card. We ladies in our church are so fortunate, so benefited from the fact that we have beautiful cards made in this church. Now, I don't have this gift or ability to make beautiful cards like this, but many of you do, and I thank you so much for the cards that you make. And this is a ministry in and of itself. And I have a a dear friend, Jan, who makes beautiful cards. This is one of her cards. And every month she sends me a card. And when I go to the mailbox and I look inside that box, oh, there is a card from Jan. And it's just the card I need when I need it. I get that card out of that mailbox. I run to the kitchen. I open it up. And then she has a message from me. Dear Carol, the Lord has brought you to my mind today, laid you on my heart. I do treasure our friendship. I found encouragement in my devotional selection based on the parable of the vine dresser in Luke 13, who did not chop down the barren tree. The graciousness of God. What a balm for the soul, enveloped in shades of gray or beset by terrors of the night. God's faithfulness to us personally calms our fears of the unknown dangers lurking in the shadows. How very thankful we can be for the long-suffering, gracious heart of God who builds us up rather than cutting us off. Love, Jan. Oh, indeed. As a local assembly, we can encourage one another and build each other up. And may I also include in that, not just those of us within assembly, but also may we encourage our husbands in the Lord as well, and our friends and our family. For a word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in pictures of silver. So have you noticed this, that when you have been encouraged in the Lord, your first impulse is to encourage someone else in the Lord? It's like a pebble that you throw in a water. At first, the impact is there, but then the ripples continue on and on, almost indefinitely. The person who has been encouraged hooks up with someone else who needs a word of encouragement, and the ripples continue to grow. It's one of the means by which God shapes our lives as well as the lives of those in our local church. Dear believers, we are in this together. We believe in Jesus Christ as our Savior. The Holy Spirit indwells us. We are one in Christ. We are on the same team, and good team players encourage one another. So as the Lord Jesus wraps his loving arms around you, when you've gone through a trial, you in turn are able to encourage someone else with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. Isn't that wonderful? The Lord Jesus Christ uses you. He uses me to encourage someone else in him. I'm so thankful for that. As I close the message, 
I'm going to read to you what the Apostle Paul wrote about when he was in difficult times. And I want you to notice the contrast here in this verse from 2 Corinthians 4, 8. He wrote, We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. This shows me that Paul had struggles too. Paul went through many difficulties, more than we've probably ever experienced. And in this verse, he shows us that he was in a hardship far beyond his own ability to endure. But he knew that God was going to see him through and that God was going to enable him and give him the strength that he needed when he needed it. This also shows me that Ladies, we can't unravel all of our problems all at once. We may try, but quite often we cannot. So what we're asked to do is to take the next step of faith. And the Lord shows you that next step. The Lord leads us moment by moment, step by step, day by day, month by month, year by year. And he gives us grace for today. And that's why the Lord Jesus Christ said, don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will take care of itself. Why did he say that? Because he knew he is in your tomorrow. The Lord Jesus Christ is there, and he's already overcome your tomorrows. The Lord Jesus Christ will stand by you and give you the encouragement and strength you need today and in your tomorrows. So how do we see Christ through encouragement by what Christ did for us on the cross of Calvary. That he has given us an eternal life in him, but he's also given us an abundant life in him. And sometimes we forget that. He says, I want you to have my joy in you so that your joy may be full. We also see encouragement in what Christ does in us through the power of the Holy Spirit. I am so thankful that he desires to have a relationship with me. It's part of the fellowship that I can have with my Savior. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, I can overcome discouragement, and I do not lose heart, even though things are very hard and very difficult. And the third way that I see Christ through encouragement is in what Christ does through us. Again, through his Spirit, he allows us to encourage someone else in the Lord. Praise God for that. So the Lord Jesus Christ can encourage you like no one else can. Even if the skies are cloudy all day, Jesus Christ is the sunbeam. Jesus Christ is the light of your world. He is the light of the world. So if you need encouragement in your life, and don't we all? Of course we do. Jesus Christ can do it if you allow him to courage your heart. So I pray and trust that after hearing this message and also the nine messages we've given this year, that you will leave with a renewed courage, a renewed spirit, and a renewed hope in our lovely Lord Jesus Christ. And Faye and I would like to thank you for the opportunity we had to share God's word with you and our messages about our Savior 
And we want you to know that you are an encouragement to us. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much that you've given us everything in Christ. We literally have it all. Why should we be discouraged, Father? We shouldn't be. May we not look at our circumstances, but may we look up, Father, vertically at our Savior Jesus Christ and your Father on the throne. And thank you so much for the Holy Spirit that the Lord Jesus Christ gave us as another comforter to guide us and direct us in the way you want us to go. I thank you, Father, for every woman here and those who have attended throughout the year. Father, you know their heart, you know their situation, you know their circumstances, Father, and I'm going to trust you that your word will meet their needs right where they're at. I thank you, Father, for this church and for the opportunity that we've had over the years to hear the word of God taught in truth. I just pray, Father, for our pastor Gus, and thank you, Father, that you've raised him up to be our pastor. I thank you, Father, even now for the time of fellowship that we have to follow. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.